Hi, welcome to the 12th House Podcast. I'm Michelle, your head witch in charge at Holisticism. Hello, and I am Wallace, head content witch lady. <laughs> Still working on the witch part. We're yeah. workshopping it. <laughs> uh, and we have hit 50 episodes of the 12th House Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and telling us what you wanted more of and just being awesome. We couldn't have done this without you. And we wanted to sort of replay some of our greatest hit episodes. I am a, just a nosy person, like across the board. I want to know what does well, what doesn't want do well, what podcasts go viral of my favorite podcasts that I listen to. So we figured we'd pull the curtain back because that's what we do here at the 12th house and replay some of our most loved episodes, the ones that got them the most play. And we're starting with, uh, a, a somewhat controversial episode about manifestation with my friend Amanda Chase. Yeah, this episode was the most widely shared and downloaded of all of our 51 episodes so far. And I think we kind of know why. I mean, it's a juicy <laughs> subject. It's, we we want to talk about this more. We already have a few guests um, that we've recorded with that are going to be talking about this topic. I think it, there's a lot to go off of here. This is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. I was so nervous about this podcast and honestly, so is Amanda. I don't think that she would hide that. We both were really, um, you know, this is like a delicate topic because it's somewhat, it's very personal for Amanda. It's also sort of like structural and part of the wellness space. And, it's very emotional to a lot of people. A lot of people are, have like deeply held beliefs around manifestation. And we just wanted to like do this episode justice and do this conversation justice and not be just like absolute fucking Debbie Downer assholes who are just like shitting on an entire belief system or a group of people. And um, we got so much feedback about this episode. Holy moly. Like people loved it and it really, really resonated. And I was so, I was so nervous that I recorded two intros to this podcast. Yeah. I was like, it's fine. It sounds great. You're like, mm -hmm. okay, let me just record one more intro. <laughs> it was like 10 o'clock at night before the episode was supposed to go live. And I was like, I need a little bit more clarifying content. I'm just gonna, you know, like make sure, I don't know. My biggest fear is that I'm going to be misunderstood or misconstrued. What I take is what I say is going to be misconstrued. And I just didn't want to make anyone feel bad, but I also, and I think Amanda felt this way too. We just wanted to like point out some things that are problematic and maybe even harmful um, in a loving way. And also, you know, honor Amanda's experience, which was pretty traumatic for her, honestly. Yeah. And I think one of, one of the main takeaways, um, for me from your conversation was really drilling in on the aspect of manifestation talk in you know the industry of manifestation which it now is which is so interesting um but the aspect of it that can feel really demoralizing because so much of the conversation is about your worth being tied to whatever it is that you're manifesting i think just the idea that um you know i have especially moving to LA, got dipped my toes in some of the prominent manifestation circles here. And I think you really start to feel really shitty about yourself when <laughs> you're like, wait, I, I just need to work through this one more childhood trauma. And then, 
you mean I can have everything I want. <laughs> right. <And> I, <laughs> it's not like a prize. It's not like, yeah. a video. but maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe life is a video game and we're just like beating boss levels. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but that feels like a lot. It feels really heavy. <laughs> It's heavy. There's a lot to unpack because I still, you know, it's not that I don't believe in manifestation. It's just how tricky it can get um, with certain language and when it's delivered by certain people. So I thought you guys did a good job of really getting to the fact that your worthiness is not about your material uh, manifestations, which I, I think people can get lost in that because also capitalism. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. And I mean, this, we didn't really talk about this in the episode, but I think even some manifestation and well, I'll say wellness in general, because I've seen this happen in, in the wellness space um, to like sort of legitimize itself has co-opted sort of like pseudo sciencey terms or even science terms. And to say like, look, no, no, look, we have neuroscience in our back pocket or we have psychology in our back pocket. So this is legit. And I've seen this happen with ancient practices like Ayurveda and TCM. And so many people have commented on it that in order for something to be legitimate, it doesn't have to be like, quote unquote, approved by Western science. It's not like, um, all of a sudden, oh, we can believe in acupuncture because now there are scientific studies that back it up. It's like, these are ancient practices and magic and um, energies that are legitimate in and of themselves because of their traditional bearings. And I think that that's another nuance on this conversation that I would like in the future really like to dive into of why do, why do things need to be looked at? Even things like, um, psilocybin or plant medicine now that it's yeah. being sort of like proven or whatever now it's legitimate when we have thousands of years of information proving that it's incredibly impactful uh, yeah the scientific method it's like religion <laughs> and god <laughs> and christianity or the scientific method right. in in the u.s it's like pick one <laughs> And you have to be in one camp if you're somewhere in the middle or have some other ancient traditional indigenous philosophy we're not sure what to do with you yeah even the use of the term woo woo is so derogatory because it there are a lot of reasons we've we've talked about this before we've mentioned it on our instagram and we've had the conversation a bunch of our north noters brought up um this conversation inside of the north node um, so I think them, I don't know, I can't remember who was involved at, at this moment in time, but if you're in the North Node, you can just search for it. But um, because the term like woo is a bit condescending, it's like, well, this stuff is, I don't know, doesn't have bearing. It doesn't have weightiness to it. it you kind of roll your eyes when you say I'm a little woo woo, right? But um, in reality, like, wow, that's so dishonoring of your practice and um, your spirituality. Yeah. It's disempowering and it also feels I don't know if this is true but it makes me feel similar to the term gossip like it's it mm-hmm. becomes gendered like woo woo mm-hmm. is gendered because it's like oh it's associated with women and mysticism and it's not science so we're just going to put it in the bucket of like crazy <laughs> yeah you can't take it seriously it's woo woo it's like I feel like the term is only used when someone's like oh I know this is a little woo woo so take it with a grain of salt or whatever when 
Um, I don't know. I don't, I certainly don't take my spiritual practices with a grain of salt. <laughs> um, but that's, that's, that's that. So I hope you like this episode with all that context of how nervous we were and <laughs> how well it did. And we got such great feedback on it. So many people felt really affirmed by what Amanda was brave enough to share. So um, if you don't want to hear my, my two intros, uh, you can go ahead and skip to like minute 25. Um, if you want to hear me being really nervous, you can totally, you can totally just sit tight. And um, I just want to remind you that through the month of May, we're running a prize what is this yes, called? sweepstake yeah. sweepstake <laughs> where <laughs> contest contest there that feels go. so 80s <laughs> yeah it does so <laughs> we're running a contest so for anyone who uh subscribes to the podcast and leaves a review and then sends us a screenshot you'll be entered to win an akashic records session with me speaking of spiritual practices so um go ahead so and cool <laughs> well actually, it's honestly I, a great prize though because you don't even offer this this it's is true. not even a thing that you it's do. not something that i offer to the general public it's sometimes something i offer on the rare instance to students of mine people who are already students but yeah um it's really fun and um i'm a certified akashic records reader so that will be we'll have a good time um okay that's it i think did i miss anything Willis? No, sounds great. I hope you enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think. See you on the other side. Hi, and welcome to the 12th House Podcast. I'm Michelle, your host and the head witch in charge here at Holisticism. And today on this episode, we have Amanda Chase. And we're talking about a spicy convo all about the problematic aspects of manifestation. Yikes. Hold on to your butt. This is a wild ride. (laughs) Amanda is the founder of Ocean Creative, which is a creative consultancy and agency. And over the last three years, she's really helped develop some of the biggest brands in the wellness space that you have definitely double clicked on on Instagram. And while I will definitely have Amanda on to talk about being a creative and making content and being a creative director and producer, at some point, definitely she'll come back. Today's episode was spurred by an Instagram rant that I saw her do. (laughs) I was, you know, totally like blobbing on my couch, scrolling through IG. And I came across Amanda, who's a really good friend of mine, just come and clean about the problematic aspects of manifestation. And I was like, bro, we got to talk about this on the podcast. And she wrote me back and was like, yes, I'm so game. I am getting so many messages from people. She tells a story in this episode and she knew that she'd struck a chord and that there was a lot more to excavate with this conversation. And, you know, I just want to preface this by saying Amanda and I don't come to any real conclusions in this episode. We wanted to just have a conversation and open up a dialogue around some of the really problematic things that we've seen and the really harmful aspects of manifestation and law of attraction. And like I said, we don't have any answers. And I'm sure we'll actually like you know, we're still figuring out and wrapping our brains around some of these concepts and ideas. But I think at the core, what Amanda talked about on her stories and what we talk about in this episode is putting words to feelings that a lot of people have felt, which is there's something that's just not quite right here that feels a little off, that's a little hanky, that's a little like fishy, and it doesn't feel good. And I'm not sure why. And it's a weird feeling when so many people are so into something 
and just ravenous about it and so excited by it. And you feel like there's something off because you feel like there's something wrong with you. And you're like, well, this isn't bothering anyone else. Then I must be the problem. And so I think why so many people responded to Amanda was because they were realizing that they weren't alone and that they weren't the problem. And that's really liberating. So we just wanted to open this conversation up to more people and maybe help you feel less alone. (laughs) You know, the intention is not to like villainize law of attraction or manifestation, not necessarily. (laughs) It's also not to like pour out cups of haterade because that's not what we do here. It's just to open up a discourse and to have a conversation between two friends. So it gets a little off the cuff about what we've experienced and what we see. And I just want to say, I think that there are some really helpful aspects of what gets taught in law of attraction and manifestation circles. I think that positive thinking can be really helpful unless it turns into toxic positivity. I think that journaling and meditating and inner child work and shadow work and excavating the self and understanding your unconscious mind and especially things like unconscious bias is so useful. And like, yo, I love spiritual shit. Like, look at me. Come on. I'm clearly into this stuff. I am the target audience. And where manifestation feels weird and gets into uncomfortable territory for me and territory that really makes me shy away from it and even using the word manifestation is when it posits that if you're not getting what you want, then you're not doing the work. You're not doing the work enough. Or that you're success or someone's success is linked to their spiritual evolution or to their self-actualization. So for the first example of if you're not getting what you want, you're not doing the work, you can't like, okay, okay, sure. Maybe that works in some situations and maybe that's true in some situations, but it's not true in all situations. You can't say that to a single mom who lives below the poverty line. You can't say that if you know, you're know you not positive thinking enough and that's why you can't afford to feed your kids tonight because that victim blames and shames someone who's a victim of structural oppression and basically says, well, if you pulled yourself up by the bootstraps, this wouldn't be your problem. You must not want it hard enough. And so your being poor, your experience of marginalization is your fault. And I just don't believe that. I refuse to believe that, that that is the empathetic, compassionate, evolved way to look at the world. And I understand the difference between enabling and empowering. I understand what it is to empower people to have some self-awareness or to like, want to move forward in the world. I get what empowerment is, but to me, that language is really gaslighting and victim blaming. And even if you don't explicitly say that, implicitly, often that's what law of attraction teaches or what some teachers of law of attraction teach. And so really the answer is not that like you need to positive think your way out of this or you need to like do more, you need to like be more expanded (laughs) in order to get your thing. It's that we need to have a system in society that actually supports the community and people. And with community care, we can help elevate each other because this isn't just an individual game. 
We're all connected. We're all in this together. And yes, definitely take care of yourself and do self-work because that is really important. And don't forget about your community while you're doing all this self-work. At the end of the day, we have to look out for each other. Another thing that manifestation says sometimes and has sort of been misconstrued with is that if you're wealthy, if you have quote unquote success, or if you accumulate more things, or if you have more material objects like the Mercedes and the Gucci loafers and the house in Malibu and whatever, that that means that you're evolved. It's like you're a vibrational match. And when you raise your vibration, all of a sudden you're a vibrational match for these things and these things can't help but come to you. And first off, like since when has the vibration of a Mercedes Benz been like high? <laughs> I don't understand that. Just like, I don't understand that, but that maybe I'm dense, <laughs> but also, you know, you can be wealthy, you can have wealth and still not be an evolved person. And just because you are evolved doesn't mean that you are going to have wealth. <laughs> like they don't have anything to do with each other. And to equate them to each other, to say like, oh, once you self-actualize, then money will flow to you easily is just like, that's not the whole story. And that's not true. And to also say that you'll have happiness, you know, when you self-actualize, you'll have all these material things and that will make you happy. Almost equating the material things to your happiness is also false. And it sets people up for despair. <laughs> and that like thriving and, and striving in order to pull ourselves higher up, right? And the reality is like no material thing is going to make you happy. Yes, material things can make you more comfortable. They can make aspects of your life easier. For example, having healthcare makes your life a lot easier for sure. Or like having money to have like a private doctor come to your house. Yeah, that'll definitely make your life a lot easier, especially during COVID. That is alone isn't what makes you happy. And it gets so complex and convoluted. And I know not all teachers are teaching manifestation and law of attraction this way, but so many are. And so many are through the implicit nature of the way that they teach and the way that they project themselves in the world. And I think that that's the crux of this conversation. And again, this isn't like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, hexing people who practice manifestation, far from it. But I do hope that it opens up maybe some pathways to conversation, maybe some elements that you haven't thought of if this is something that you've taught or practiced in the past. So with that, I'm going to let the episode run and I'm really keen to hear what you think of it and yeah, your thoughts. And I think that's it. Okay. Here's the episode. Hi, Amanda. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be recording with you. We just sat and talked for like two hours. Everyone, this is Amanda Chase. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. I have been a huge fan of the podcast since Michelle launched it. And it's just so fun to be on here today. Stop it. You're making me blush. Amanda and I are really good friends. And we've been really good friends for now. It's kind of a long time. I think so. Like three or four years. I think actually... Maybe Probably five now? Closer to like four and a half. Yeah, four and a half, five. Yeah. Which is wild. And we met through weird circumstances because someone I went to high school with told me that I should meet you. Mm -hmm. And then we ran into each other at some weird wellness event. Mm -hmm. And we've been friends since. Yep. And I 
became a subscriber. Oh, yes. A holisticism subscriber in the OG days when I was taking everyone out to coffee and being like, do you want to be on my email list? (laughs) Yep. And it was like your fourth like matcha date that you had that day. And we met in West Hollywood at Moon Juice. Oh, TBT. And just chatted it up. And then we launched a surf club. Yeah, we did. (laughs) Our ill-fated surf club. The Bad Surfers Club. I still have the handle on Instagram and I think I could make something out of it, but yeah, yeah, we've done, we've, we've done a lot. We've done a lot. We've done a lot. And I'm really happy that you're on the podcast. I'm just like, I love you. So I'm so happy to just be chatting with my homie. Amanda's a manifester and I'm a projector and I feel like that is a necessary component to just highlight as to why we have such friend chemistry. Yes, it is very powerful. She gets to see all the systems and I get to like (laughs) help push it off into like, you know, a whole nother direction, like a whole, like a force behind it. Amanda is, you're definitely like my barometer for whether something's going to be good or not. If you get excited about something, I'm like, okay, this is a good idea. (laughs) Yes. Good. See, we have that chemistry. Projector manifesto. Everybody needs one. (laughs) Yeah. And we've taught classes together. We've done a lot. We have. We've like fallen in love with the wellness space, fallen out of love with Mm -hmm. the wellness space. But you're like very much more, you have an amazing resume. I mean, from the outside, your resume is amazing. You've had some pretty incredible experiences working for wellness brands. I have. Yeah. I, from a pretty young age, I had a lot of big goals for my life. Mm -hmm. And those were, you know, going to specific schools, getting certain internships, working for certain companies. And I just would keep going until I reached, you know, the brand I wanted to work with or reach the goal that I wanted to achieve. So I've worked very, very hard for the past 15 years to, you know, be able to have the type of experience to get those types of jobs with those people. So it's a lot of hard work. And like, I'm so grateful that I had a dream at a very, very young age Mm -hmm. and that I had a lot of energy and willpower to like go after it. And that's, you know, one thing we can talk about is like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Big manifestor energy. And so, yeah, I worked for some of the most, the top wellness brands that we all know about today. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why Amanda's on the podcast today, because first and foremost, I love a good Instagram rant. I went on an Instagram rant last night (laughs) and I saw your Instagram rant like two days ago. And I was like, Amanda, you need to come on the podcast and talk about this. So recap for the folks at home who maybe missed the IG and oh yeah, where can they follow you on Instagram? So Funny enough, both Michelle and I have updated our Instagram handle like it, almost like on the, the same, same week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I, I I did it on Monday, I think. Like or I just yeah. I did mine I think yesterday. But because I was on an IG live and I asked a question to someone and they pronounced my previous Instagram handle, which was me Amanda C as Mamanda. And I was like, <laughs> oh no, this is not good. Like there was n- no one could understand that there was a the word Amanda in uh-huh, there. And that's uh-huh. like me, Amanda C, which. So that, that was like, it was like, you know, there was a moment for quippy IG mm-hmm. handles. It was like when we were getting off AIM, like we were like the, the millennials were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my IG used to be like, M Pelazon says, like I was typing. See? See? Right. But 
Yeah, now it's like, just what's your name? What's yes. your name? What's we your real name? We just need names. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of the names are already taken. There's like, I was like scrolling. I'm like, Amanda Chase. There's like a million Amanda Chases. And they like, I was like, I don't want one with numbers. Right. So my new Instagram handle is Amanda L. Chase. What does the L stand so for? So classic. Amanda Lee. Aww, L-E-E. That's cute. I love Lee or May as a middle name. Oh, yeah. Like, so I think classic. those are really cute middle names. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Classic. Okay. So on Amanda L. Chase. Yes. On IG. You popped off. I do. Yes. I <laughs> When I get an inkling of something that kind of like makes me feel a certain way, like I get very passionate about it or I feel like I'm like ready to talk about something, I just go on my Instagram now. I love it because you have been very quiet on Instagram, like yes. in the past, historically, I would say. Oh, absolutely. You are very proper. You're yes. very appropriate. Like you are the opposite of me. Yes. <laughs> you're yes. like, you're like, people will be watching this and I will get jobs based off of how I share this or not. And I'm like, how many curse words can I put into this unprofessional Instagram story? And I, mean, <laughs> I like wanted that. Honestly, I was like, I can't keep up with this anymore. And you know, what? it actually first started when I worked for a fashion company in New York city and Instagram was kind of new. It was maybe like 2014 and I was sick that morning and I posted on Instagram like a, at the time you just posted anything. (laughs) So I posted a picture of a green juice with like a Valencia filter on it with absolutely. (laughs) Or like the New York filter, like New York. Right. And my boss messaged me and said, you must not be that sick if you can post (gasps) on Instagram. (gasps) And it was at that moment, I was super green. I was young. I was yeah. in my early 20s yeah, yeah. that I had known, I had felt that this, my Instagram presence or my social media presence was being watched yep. by my employers or my bosses. Oh, yeah. So it was at that moment that I stopped. Oh, wow. Instead of blocking them, you just were like, I'm going to be good and yes. not use this as, yes. I'm going to use this in a specific way. Yes. Got it. So it was from that moment on that I became very self-aware of that my bosses were watching me. And then after working for that company, I started to work for a fashion blogger and, you know, running her social accounts. And so social media, for me and my experience working up in the creative advertising department was a way to promote your brand. It Mm -hmm. was a way to show up and be Mm -hmm. professional. Curated. Very curated. Yep. Yeah, even like the, I feel like fashion bloggers or individuals, I know you worked for someone who like her name was was her yes. brand. Yes. So like even if she's sharing like authentic, quote unquote authentically or vulnerably, it's still like messy. It's still beautiful, right? It's yes. still like aesthetically pleasing or like oh, yeah. an appropriate amount of vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when you get to that level, you're now being paid by brands and companies mm-hmm. to create content for them too. Mm-hmm. So it's also part of their business. It's the way they make money. And so I had to take a very serious approach to social media content. And all of those experiences mixed together helped shape my own ability to kind of show up on my own account. And honestly, that type of I'm watching you kind of feeling on my social media happened even when I was a freelancer yep. or a consultant. And so if I posted something, I would be afraid that they'd be like, well, 
why aren't you like working on my project? Mm-hmm. Why oh, are yeah. you working on your own thing? Uh-huh. I've been there before too. You yep. have? Totally. Where you're mm-hmm. like, well, every hour that I live, I can bill technically. This is what mm-hmm. capitalism basically like teaches us, right? That mm-hmm. we're only as valuable as how productive we are. Mm-hmm. And so if you're alive and breathing air, you should be working if you have the capacity to, unless you're almost dying or like you're falling asleep at your computer and then you can take a break. At least that's what I picked up. And so sharing on Instagram, well, if I have the time to share on Instagram or like work on my own projects, then I must have executed those other projects to the nth degree, like Uh, as best I possibly could. Yeah, absolutely. And the way that I set my business up when I first started freelancing and consulting was retainer. Oh God, the worst. (laughs) So (laughs) anyone who's out there and is a consultant, I have so many thoughts on retainer. Big hug if you have retainer clients and you haven't put boundaries in place of how many hours you're going to be working. Yes. (laughs) And with that, there was this assumption that just as you were saying that, that you just keep working, you just keep going. And another key moment also was when I tore my ACL in January of 2019. So I'd lined up six months of, I think at the time, six or seven, maybe eight retainer clients. That's how long of the contracts we were setting. And when I injured myself in January, knowing that I had to get surgery in February, I had many clients questioning my ability to perform, to be able to show up and work for them and threatening to pull out and not work with me anymore. Publish their names. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I mean, I should, but I can't. Drag them publicly. I know. I was like, Michelle, let's burn it down. And I'm like, well. <laughs> <laughs> that is gross. That happens. That is so gross. And this is like, I totally pulled you off topic of what your rant was. But like, this is the problem of wellness capitalism. Yeah. And when wealth masquerades as wellness is when we get this structure where it's all about productivity and the company bottom line and not individuals and humanity and people healing, Mm -hmm. which is if you're in the well-being and wellness space, that's the fucking point, dude. It's Mm -hmm. like to support people's humanity, Mm -hmm. including the people that work with you, especially the people that work with you. Yeah. And at this time I was terrified because I had never had a serious injury before. I was very afraid of stopping working. So mm-hmm. what actually ended up happening was that I definitely didn't share anything about my injury. Right. Because if I shared anything you went, about like, that ra- injury. full on radio silent for like a while. Like a I, long we, time. we barely were even connecting, which I'm, by the way, totally cool with. <laughs> I was going through probably one of the hardest times in my life because I was kind of trying to keep my shit together while everything was falling apart. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was a lot for me to handle. And so when it came to my injury and then posting about or sharing about it, I definitely didn't because I already had clients that were potentially threatening me to not to right. leave. And I didn't want to go on and talk about how much pain I'm in or what I was actually going through. And it just, that stunted me to be really fully myself yeah. for so long. And it actually made my healing progression take on a lot longer because I was not letting myself heal. Like I got out of surgery after the medication started to die down. I was already on my email at seven o'clock at night, day oh, of surgery. Baby. And then 10 days later, I hosted a in-person retreat. Dude, in I remember. 
Yeah. I remember. It's like, <laughs> you can't walk. Like, oh, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I still hosted it. But that was my mindset back then. Like right. I was not going to stop. I was not going to allow this injury to take down my life or take down my business. Because at the time I was so driven to be the creative agency that was going to help all wellness brands. And mm-hmm. I, we were on track to that, but yeah. the universe had other plans. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. So, okay. That was a great segue. Let's go back to the rant, the IG yes. rant. So actually that was chef's kiss, amazing background. So what you were popping off, what caused I it? What happened? What'd you say? I know that you had like 60 plus people DMing you being like, preach. So yes. what, what, what was the message? Well, I don't really have a lot of followers. So the you fact have a lot six, of followers. I have like 2000. That's it's a fine. lot. It's totally fine. For a I person? Love, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Like that's a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a lot of people. <laughs> well, usually like when I post, yeah. So 60 people, I had known that something, it, that we were onto something yeah. and that this was really some conversations that the community needed to have. So basically I stopped having one-on-one clients back in November. So I already started to feel like this wiggle room of being like, Ooh, I can kind of like show up here with like <laughs> without anybody like caring. Right. Right. Like, nobody is going to get your, mad at me. Right. I mean like, and if they do fuck them, right. Yeah. They're not paying you. Exactly. Like, they can be mad at you on the internet. That's fine. Yeah. Block me. I don't care. <laughs> right. I dare you block me. Yeah. So I started to feel the wiggle room. Right. And like feeling into it around November, December, and then January, I really like stepped into it. And so basically on Thursday, the 22nd or 21st or something of January, I shared an Instagram story that I was moving and no big deal. Right. But the (laughs) apartment that I had moved into was such a symbol of all these goals that I had been once needing to create a sense of belonging, a sense of safety, Mm. a sense of success. And the story was really about how I have reached this point in my life through these past two years of things crumbling where I don't need all these external things, you know, to make me feel worthy, Mm -hmm. to make me feel safe or that I belonged or that I'm lovable. And that's when you messaged me because Mm -hmm. so much of what previous clients that I've supported talk about is this concept that you're self-worth is equivalent to the things that you have in your life. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was the truth. So I thought that a nice car or nice things or a beautiful apartment was a sign of how worthy Mm. I was, how worthy myself. Right. 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 Standing in your worth. Standing in my worth. (laughs) Manifesting the things. Right. Because I'm so worthy. Right. Right. Of course, because you're, you're at the right vibration. You're at the right frequency. Right, Amanda? Yeah. You're owning your worth Mm -hmm. and you've done your inner child work Mm -hmm. to know that you deserve those Gucci loafers. On a daily basis. (laughs) You're reprogramming your brain for wealth and abundance. Right. Because that's the only thing. You know that you've done the work when you're calling in wealth and abundance. Exactly. Exactly. Only that. That's, that that's was sarcasm. That was heavy sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I was like, yes. I'm like a not a manifestation fan. And mm-hmm. this has been my gripe for a while. I try to be quiet about it because relatively quiet about it. Because I feel like 
some of the teachings around quote unquote manifestation and law of attraction, some of them are useful, right? Of like gratitude, doing your own inner work on things like shadow work and knowing yourself and knowing what matters to you. But this like misconstruing of I'm a more evolved, elevated, self-individuated person because I have a beautiful house. Like that that's proof that you've done the work is so ass backwards to me. And like, it feels so wrong and it feels so predatory because it's preying on people who have been marginalized by capitalism and systems of oppression and saying like, well, if you only do the self-work enough, then those things won't be a problem for you anymore when in fact that's not true. Yeah. It's very harmful. It's very harmful. I mean, I got caught up in it. I'll be the first to admit that I thought that all that needed to happen. And what I realized when I was doing that work, I'd love to share my practices because they're just so much more grounded and they don't really have any of that type of energy towards it. (laughs) But when I was doing that, I would experience extremely high highs and then extremely low lows. And so it always felt like I was on this like wild roller coaster Mm. and I just couldn't live my life like that anymore. And then, so I stopped doing all of those things and I just was able to really find my own flow. And I've actually, you know, the whole reason why I'm so passionate about it now is because like I reached all my goals. I got those things. Mm. And for me personally, that did not make me feel like I was more worthy. Right. If anything, I was just kind of living in this false sense of security box that I just had a lot of bills to pay on it. And I was like, wait, what am I doing all this for? And it wasn't for what I felt to be, you know, happiness and inner happiness and inner acceptance and this self-love without having anything external tell us that Mm -hmm. we, you know, you need to do X, Y, and Z or have X, Y, and Z to feel that. Mm -hmm. That's why I feel like it's so harmful. Yeah. And because entire brands have been made upon this idea, right? But like Instagram, the internet, where we're showing aspirational lifestyles and wellness influencers and teachers and practitioners, that's integral to their branding, right? Oh, you have to have the wide-brimmed hat and the white walls and the fancy crystals and the most beautiful, expensive, but like, you know, down-to-earth outfits. You have to have this look and feel in order to be taken seriously, Or in some way, it like exerts your dominance in the space because you're able to have it all. And people get caught up in that aspiration, right? Of like, of course that life looks beautiful. It looks so peaceful. It looks amazing. Wow. Yes. But that's not the same as like knowing yourself and deepening your own spiritual practices. It's not necessarily disconnected, but they're not one in the same. They're not interchangeable. Like meditating for 20 minutes twice a day isn't going to get you a house in Topanga Canyon. It's just not. Yeah. No, you're you're completely <laughs> right. And I mean, I I was behind the scenes and helping all of oh. certain brands' visions come to life. Like I helped them figure out what pieces from a content perspective. Of course, you know, there's business coaches and other things. From a content perspective, I would come in and help them understand from my experience of that's what my background is in content creation, how to amplify their vision and their goals and (laughs) give yourself a little more credit. I mean, like, I feel like 
the brands that you've blown up, like at least four huge brands that are now huge, at least. Yeah. And took them from like rinky dink. They're taking their own photos and making their website and Squarespace themselves to like full on media companies and brands that are raking in lots and lots of dollars often because of their message now, not because of what you've done, capitalizing on people's correlation to self-worth and wealth. And you were able to see with your brilliant manifesto brain, like actually like here's the strategy behind the content. Cause you're not just, you weren't just like making content, Amanda. You were like, here's what we need to do in order for more people to see and understand where this comes from. I mean, like I can say this as your friend, you got taken advantage of from a bunch of those people. Yeah, I've definitely was behind the scenes and then, yeah, not very public about how it all came together. People would refer me, which is why for so many years I was never had to market myself. Yeah. So that was kind of the way that, you know, people would thank me, I guess, is through <laughs> referrals. But like sometimes referrals to shitty people. It's unbelievable. Like that's why I'm starting to create my own stuff because I've been able to actually work behind the scenes with so many holistic wellness practitioners and able to see and experience the real side. Mm. And I am <sighs> I'm getting I'm getting hot. Yeah. I'm getting hot. <laughs> there have been some pretty bad experiences. Pretty oh. bad experiences. Uh, yeah, like the incongruencies with the public persona, with the imagery, with the even the language that like I know that you've experienced behind the scenes that I've experienced as, you know, someone also in the industry, not working directly under these people, but either being in the same room or whatever, having conversations with them. It is so gross. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I would have to stop working with a client midway. I'd have to break my contract. Like either something that the, the way that they would treat me, the way that they would talk to me. I understand that I'm coming in and I'm making them a li- bit uncomfortable, right? Like mm-hmm. they've hired me because they are maybe they not can't happy do with where yep. they are or they yeah. want to be showing up in a different way. And so I understand that I'm coming in in a very sensitive capacity. Right. I also like as a manifest, I can feel when something is off or when I feel like someone's not authentic or something and I can't hide that also. Yeah. So at the same time, if they're not authentic, it's kind of going to be mirrored back and it's not going to be a good yeah. experience. Like honestly, like I didn't even think that this was going to happen when I was consulting for people, but that's why I'm just starting to do my own thing now because I've seen behind the scenes of so many inauthentic people mm-hmm. that I refuse to stand behind them anymore mm-hmm. because it's just too incongruent for me. I've got into this to help spread real healing to the masses. That's mm-hmm. like been my tagline for yeah. Ocean Forever. Like we create scalable content so that you can help heal others mm-hmm. and help spread your message. Yep. When I started to see that it wasn't authentic or the person behind. Yeah. I just had to stop because it just, it didn't feel right. I was now stepping over my values to work and I refused to do that. So, yeah. And I feel like people got away with that. Like people. And they uh, still are now. And they still are. Oh yeah. I feel like everyone was like, oh, that person's so sweet. I'm like, no, they're not. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. But that's a story for another day. Like I do think though, that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like people are waking up to yes. what is real because so many of these 
wellness and well-being brands that are not authentic, that are in it for just accruing more wealth. And like, let me be really clear because we talk about money a shit ton on this podcast. You need money in order to exist in the world because we live in capitalism. And so you need money in order to get your needs met. And you also deserve to have your needs met. You deserve to have a house that you love living in. You deserve to have food and shelter and healthcare and all the things. You deserve all of that and to not have to worry about where your next paycheck is going to come from. And that's different than exploiting people's weaknesses and fears, especially around money and putting a veneer of wellness on top of it. Yeah. With the ultimate goal to reach your own yeah, big... Exa- yeah, like- exactly. Because you want to buy that million do- $2 million yeah. house or whatever it might be. That's so gross. Yeah. And that's when I started to get kind of weary about my offerings and things like that, because I was like, they're not using this tool with Mm. the same authenticity that I am intending to create it for. Mm -hmm. Like it started to become like this monster of like, Ooh, she can help you create like a seven figure business. And then, but that formula is it can't work for everyone because you have to energetically, like you have to be like, mm, it, if you're inauthentic, that's obviously not going to work. Like something's going to crumble down the line, whether it's today or in f- mm-hmm. a few years, mm-hmm. the truth always comes out. Yep. So it may last for a minute or a few years, but it's not sustainable if it's not founded in the right integrity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I can't create scalable content anymore for inauthentic people or brands or having the wrong intention for you know, what their purpose is. Like if you're not actually out there wanting to help people, you shouldn't be (laughs) doing what you're doing. No. And it's so tough because I don't want to be a dick and I don't want to call these people and brands out, but I also feel so bad for everyone who falls into it, right. And falls Mm -hmm. for it. And I feel like that's what you said. Most of the DMS were people were like, Oh my God, the same thing happened to me. I was following this person and I thought I would be feel good when I had all the special flower essences and the blah, blah, blahs and the crystals. But now I'm like oh, yeah. even feeling more empty than before. Oh, yeah. I mean, I almost feel like I need to go back and screenshot all of them yeah. to reread them and really have every message sink in because I'm not just saying like, like, yay, or like little heart. Like these were paragraphs, if not multiple different messages that were coming into my direct messages of saying like, this resonated with me. I'm going through this right now. And it was all around this idea that these external things, they don't provide that self-worth. They never did. They never did. And that's the really problem with, with any healing modality that's out there is like, it's, if it, that's what it's selling you, mm. it, it's on the wrong path. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, going back to what you're saying, like what you are creating and the little people, like my little community that I have You've big of community, conscious yeah. people doing it the right way from people who are willing to go to those places that are uncomfortable to open up new pathways mm-hmm. for being that's where the change is going to happen. So Mm -hmm. everything that you're doing and other people in their own industries, if it's founded in integrity, which I think a lot more people are becoming aware of what that feels and looks like, Mm -hmm. that's how we start to create a massive change for inclusivity and to make more people feel seen, heard, Mm -hmm. valued, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that old way is just on its way out. 
as with a lot of systems. <laughs> it's going to be a while, right? To yeah. like see the turnover happen, but I do see it happening and it will, you, you just can't fake all that. It's just, it will, it will fail in the long run if it's not founded on integrity. It's true. Carolyn Mess, my favorite, one of my teachers says, you can try to wear the mask or you can try to hold an archetype of who you are not, but eventually you will become too exhausted. You, yeah. It's too tiring to mm-hmm. not be who you actually are. So mm-hmm. it all comes out eventually. It does. I mean, I cross my fingers and, and pray that, that that's the truth because <laughs> I'm bitter because I'm a projector. So I have some bitterness. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I completely understand. I'm, and and that's why, you know, starting this month, I started to show up differently. And I started the mask that I had been wearing for so long got so exhausting. Mm -hmm. It was just so exhausting to just always be behind the scenes, helping everybody else, being quiet, not saying too much, not really... And I'm not making any noise over here. Right. And as a manifester, that's that's completely opposite of what I'm here to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never felt more comfortable than I have in this year. And I'm doing everything that makes me uncomfortable. Like I made mm. a list of things I'm afraid to do and I'm I consciously am doing them. Makes you feel alive. Makes me feel alive. <laughs> and that's like really what I desire everybody to feel like. Mm-hmm. Like everybody should have that that sense of aliveness in their life. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's all uncomfortable. Living is uncomfortable. You know, whether yeah. <laughs> it's like, sometimes I'm like, why the fuck am I out of a human body? Like, ugh, I'm it so is. grateful. So grateful. But like, also it's so uncomfortable. Like being yourself is uncomfortable. Not being yourself is uncomfortable. But like when you're not yourself, when you hide who you are, that's a different kind of discomfort. That's like, there's no excitement in it. It's only fear. And when you're doing things like what you're doing that scare you, when you can add some breath in, like that's when you feel alive. And that's the difference between the two. One feels like dying and the other feels like living. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say in those moments, like when I was not able to express myself fully or when I had to like just kind of be behind the scenes so often for me personally, I did feel like a piece of me was dying. I felt like I couldn't express myself authentically, which is why like when you ask, like I went silent for a long time because I was just like, maybe this is just how I'm supposed to be all the time, kind mm. of depressed and like low energy. No. But that's not my real self. My real self is like actually quite expressive and quite comfortable in my own skin. And I'm desired to talk more about my past and and share that side of myself because so much of what people don't see is the darker, deeper side of my childhood, which made me who I am Mm. today of this like more softer, gentle, more kinder person because I never wanted to inflict pain on others because I just experienced so much as a child. So that's what I love to share more light on is what's, and again, it's like the definition of a story, right? But what happened because of what happened? Does Mm. that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's like, the deeper layers. It's the deeper yeah. stuff that I'm really interested in because that's to me feels like the substance of, of who you are and what you're here to do. And so, so much of my approach is being able to understand that deep layer and then externally express that through content yeah. or whatever. And so I'm just now being able to like do that for myself for the first time yeah. ever. Right. 
Well, because you feel safe to do so. And like, you've always created a safe space for others to do that, right? Like, that's what you're incredible at. And you're such a good teacher and guide to someone who's trying to understand what their purpose is Mm -hmm. and diving deep to find that purpose and then excavate it through the content or what the product or the art that they make in that they put out into the world, right? To make the internal external. Mm -hmm. You're so good at leading other people through that and creating a safe container for them to do so because you've held so much pain yourself Mm -hmm. and you're able to look at every single person with empathy. I would guess like maybe even to a fault, if we think about the clients that you've worked with of like, you see the good in everyone. (laughs) The opposite. I I do. I feel so seen right now. This is why manifestors and projectors, like, Everyone get yourself a projector, basically. <laughs> get yourself a projector best friend and a manifestor best friend. <laughs> it's so true, though. I think, you know, one of the quotes that just like keeps coming in my head every day is, we can't hold space for others if we're not able to hold space for ourselves, right? So oh, yeah. that depth that I'm able to hold for you is because I've been able to like hold that for myself with, mm-hmm. and then be able to look at all of my past shadows, whatever you want to call it, and be like, I still love myself. So going back to our story, it's like, if you have anything externally, that's not going to give you that sense of like self-love. Yeah. You're, you're like, it's, you're doing it in reverse. Yeah, It comes from inside. And like, this is so trite, right? It's so obvious. It comes from inside, but like, it's been misconstrued so much with like spiritual evolution and wealth. And those right. two things are not intrinsically tied. It's not like the transitive no. property. No, you don't need anything externally to bring this sense of self-love to yourself. And that's what I intend on creating content to help people dive into more. Mm-hmm. And that was very hard for me to articulate. Like after all these years, I love you, Michelle. Cause like every time I'm like, Oh, I have a new mission statement. I'm going to send it to Michelle. I'm gonna send, like, and I'm I like, send, yes, yes. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I've sent you so many iterations because it's yeah. so hard for me to feel like that's a worth, like that, mm-hmm. that could be a business model, but mm-hmm. as a manifester and being able to see all these things that didn't work for everyone else to be able to stand in my own truth and say, if I know anything, I can help in any capacity, right? I can show up and do the work, but it's never going to feel as aligned as what my true purpose and calling is. And so this awareness that I've had with being able to show up for myself and what I'm actually here to do, that's the kind of stuff that I want to empower other people with the tools to tap into, to discover, to start expressing. Mm -hmm. And so that's like where I'm at with all of this. So content creation is like so far from mm-hmm. the purpose of it. And I think, you know, through all these amazing tools that we have, like human design readings and all this kind of stuff, you're able to learn more about you. And my gift is being, is the way that I create. And that's formed through my personal, like human design chart, but also the experiences I had as a child led me to create. It was my therapy. Mm-hmm. So here I am thinking, I need to teach people how to create content but that's so far from the truth. It's how to express what's on the inside yes. that I'm most concerned about. I want that internal self to feel, feel so seen, heard, and valued that it's being expressed on the outside. Mm-hmm. And I think the definition of depression, right, is repression. Ooh. So oh, when we repress, that. 
Mm-hmm. We are depressed. And I spent so much of my life depressed. So like I'm same. I know all about <laughs> my it. My serotonin is sluggish at best. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> I need like the clean, the clean diets right in front of us. Right. <laughs> so I was repressing so much of my truth and my life and my voice and my spirit. Mm. That's what I'm most passionate about helping people, you know, express is mm-hmm. if I can hold space for my dark messiness. I love saying this. I can hold space for yours. Right. And, the, and then to look at it with such love and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it's a really simple way to live, but it's the way that I'm most happy in this life mm-hmm. and with the, my experiences and everything else just goes to the wayside when you are able to experience life with that type of perspective. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to sound cheesy and cliche, but coming from someone who never really like at the age of 18, I experienced contentment for the first time in my mm-hmm. life, like a sense of contentment. I was in a yoga class. I was in, I took a college course on yoga nice. actually. And before that moment, I remember never feeling happy or content. Mm. And I was like, I think I want to feel more of that. <laughs> so that's why I got into wellness wow. actually. Yeah. It was for my own health, my own mental health. Yeah. So I went in with the best of intentions, experienced a lot of shit along the way, Mm -hmm. got caught up in it and got tossed out and realized that none of that actually matters. And the deeper stuff is what I'm more passionate about. Substance. Make something of substance. Exactly. Ocean's tagline, which I love. Thank you. Amanda, you're so smart. You're so pretty. You're so deep. I love you. I'm real deep over here. <sighs> Super deep. Do you have Scorpio in your chart? I think I do. You'd I have feel to, like you do. Like maybe Venus? I don't oh, know. okay. Mm. Nice. You're a little fireball like yeah. that. Thank you for sharing with us. I feel like we could talk for ages about this. Maybe we'll do like another podcast episode about all the things. Because I, I feel like another element is like, you're also, you've incredible style. Like you're so fash, you know, you just like have my personal style is like Amish grandma. Yours is like chic motherfucker. And so (laughs) I feel like that's like something interesting to even double click on of like, if you like aesthetics and design and beauty and art and like making art and we've equated luxury with and expense with style? How do we like miss, you know, deconstruct those things from each other? Like, I, and I don't really know the answer, but I feel like it's another hour long conversation that we should have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, so much of, well, when I first got into the magazine industry, it was a fashion magazine. That's right. All of my, you know, unpaid internships <laughs> oh, and early first jobs were in the fashion industry. And I mean, I worked at a very high-end fashion label headquarters and I was making $35,000 a year as an executive assistant for three vice presidents in the creative advertising department. That should be illegal. That's not enough to live in New York. No, it's not. And they would require us to wear... Oh, you had to buy the you had to buy the clothes. Yeah, I had to buy, buy the clothing. And although it was a wholesale, I never made enough money to save. I always felt very embarrassed by my clothes. Like I tried to shop at, and you know, I'm very conscious of what I buy now, and tried to buy, you know, eco-friendly clothing. But back then, when I wasn't making a lot of money, I had to shop at like Zara and mm-hmm. all those fast fashion places because I had to show up and 
be in front of the owner of this fashion label, right. which I have a really funny story about that because he complimented me on a Zara skirt and I like <laughs> will forever take, I thought that was going to take that to grave, but like it's out now. <laughs> we'll tell you the name, but that was always very interesting to me. So I, I didn't have enough money to buy those nice things, right. but I was expected to look a certain way. And right. so it's so much. It's the same as in the wellness space, right? You have so to like, much. You, if you look a certain way, then we'll take you more seriously. Right. If you... Usually, like, let's just call it if you're like a white person where yeah. you're going to get taken more seriously because the wellness space is super racist. It's also like super cis sexist. And yeah, yes, yeah, it is fucking awful. <laughs> it's there are aspects that are awful and there are people doing amazing work to make it better. And you're yeah, one of those people to make it better. like all of our North Noders are just like fucking Amanda's in the North Node. Yeah, yeah. They're just they're doing that. There are people out there that are doing it. So if you're feeling alone or you're feeling like alienated by this space, I know that both you and I, I can speak for us. Yeah. I hope wanted to leave this wellness and well-being world and just mm -hmm. be like, fuck it. Double middle fingers. See you later losers. We're out. But there's like work to do here and we're, we're here and mm -hmm. like we can do that work mm -hmm. and we can make it better. We have the capacity to do so. Yes, we do. One day at a time. One day at a time. Mm -hmm. Amanda, where can people find you? Well, please join me on Instagram stories <laughs> at Amanda L. Chase. <laughs> and if you're interested in learning more about working, you know, finding some of your inner authenticity and expressing that on the outside, you can come over to oceancreative.com. And that's really where you can find me. Next year, I'll be launching a conscious daycare center. Just in time for me to pop out a little, a little it's, coconut. Well, that was the vision. <laughs> <laughs> so I will be launching that in 2022 to help children receive tools to become their most authentic self between the ages of zero and seven. So, so dope. you're such a G. Amanda, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Mm, thank you for having me. I can't wait to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So that's our episode. I hope this got some wheels turning in your brain. And if you disagree with what we said, that's okay. If it really resonates with you, I hope it does. I hope you feel seen and maybe like we were able to put words to things maybe perhaps that you felt, but haven't been able to put your finger on. I'd love to continue this somewhat complex conversation with people who are much smarter than I am, like Amanda and, and beyond. So if you've got a good suggestion of maybe someone who would be a great person to talk to about this, like hit me up on the Instagram. And if you liked this episode, please share it with your friends. Sharing is caring. And it really helps us get seen and heard by more people. We are a all women team at Holisticism. We are self-funded, women-founded company. And it means so much when you share this with your friends. It costs us money to make this podcast every week, which we happily do because we know and we got so many requests for these types of conversations and these types of learnings and to make them as accessible as we possibly could. So it's worth it. And it means the world to us when you share this with your communities and your people and you leave us feedback. So if you love this episode, go ahead and smash that subscribe button. Hit the five stars on Apple Podcasts. Write a little review. It means so much. And stay cool out there. I can't wait to hear what you think of this hot take. So I'll see you on the internet. Okay. Bye. Bye.